Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Celtic Now and Forever podcast. Today we are joined by John Clifford once again. John, how are we doing today? Here we are, Ryan. And today it's just a wee special podcast uh, as there's not a lot of football happening with Celtic at the moment. Um, it's a special podcast focusing on the centenary season, um, 87-88, which uh, John grew up on watching and... Um, so it's really just about that today. Uh, John, first question is, that season, uh, David Hay was sacked the season before, Bully McNeil returned. What did the fans think about uh, Bully coming back? Obviously, he was a fan's favourite before. Um, what did the fans think of the appointment and what was the feeling at the start of that season? Uh, obviously, Bully was a hero. Every Celtic fan had been there before. And was successful. Then he left to go down south, and unfortunately, David had a season when he didn't win anything. So they brought Billy back um, because Rangers under Sunis had won the league the season before. Um, they were spending big, big signings, but the big signings were probably due to the English clubs not being allowed to participate in European tournaments because fans and uh, high school and whatever and as soon as he came in and he sorted out his defence right away and he brought in three of England back four and the rest were a scattering of Scottish players uh, uh, predominantly Durant and Ferguson in the middle who were fantastic midfielders and a young Ali McCoyst do you think John see with Rangers starting the transfer window like that? Do you think some Celtic fans may be like, shit, this isn't going to happen this season? Oh, obviously, still the season, it's a big season. Do you think some of the fans will be need to spend some money here? Aye, but Celtic had to spend money because that season, believe it or not, Celtic was more Johnson in Ons. Brian McClare to Man United, Alan McAnally to Aston Villa, David Proven retired due to ill health because he had ME, and that was the season that Danny McGrain hung his boots up, but 
by that stage, Danny was just running about kicking everybody because <laughs> he'd lost any pace that he'd had. And to lose that the quality of players, it was going to be a big ask unless they spent some money in sideways. Do you think then that the fans would have got worried thinking who are we going to bring in, what money have we got to spend? And then obviously they had to bring guys for the youth reserves, whatever else. Do you think the fans were like, what is going to happen this season? Aye, because the new Rangers were starting to spend big money. Well, big, big, in Scottish terms, money. Uh, British terms, money. But Celtic never really, never really spent a lot of money. As you said, they, they brought through the youth, through the, the boys' club and reserves. And things didn't look too good pre-season. When uh, I was at a friendly party, when we lost 5-1 to our, our Charlie Nicholas Arsenal team. And oh, there was a couple of new signings in that team, and things just weren't looking good at all. Losing 5-1 at home to anybody is unacceptable, but especially it being such a big season, the Celtic fans were really looking forward to it. Because... I don't know, maybe some sort of pressure on the players because it was just in the end of the season. Um, obviously that season the worst. Obviously that season, Rotan McIverney, Morris Stark, Walker, Muller, guys like that, they were obviously main players in the run-in for the centenary. Did the fans start to get a bit more, I know a few of them arrived after the summer, but did they start to get a bit more optimism regarding the season? Or were they still a bit like, I, I don't know yet? They started the season pretty well because he'd brought in Billy Starr, an experienced player for Aberdeen, who was a very good player. Chris Morris, nobody knew anything about him for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Andy Walker was a young goal scorer for Marable. And that, they were all done like, pre-season July kind of thing. And then they were actually started the league no bad and they ended up signing McAvenny in October. He was a fantastic player for Celtic in his first spell. And Joe Miller was a signing in November. Put icing in the cake really because he was a, a great prospect for Aberdeen. Because obviously like my guys with like McGrain leaving, McLeod and also Mo Johnson they had to bring in some reinforcements. I think they were the guys did the fans really think they were going to fill the gaps or was it just Wait and see to the season unfolds. They had to replace them, but they actually brought in quality. Sometimes you just bring in players for numbers wise and stuff. Aye, but these guys were that. Well, we didn't know anything about Chris Morris at the time, but the rest were quality. McAvenny, when he left St. Martin to go to West Ham, he was absolutely fantastic doing it in London with him. I think he was joint top scorer the season before or whatever we, in the English league which was brilliant great achievement and obviously the league started very well and uh, the Rangers was a f- 1-0 uh, Bally Stark scored do you think that was kind of like the start of the momentum of the season obviously they went unbeaten in the season against Rangers um, didn't get beat at all do you think that was a, a swing and you like listen we've got the first win let's just kick on aye Aye, um, Billy Stark scored an early goal that day. And um, 
later on the game, soon as fucking scudded him <laughs> for his cheat scoring against his team, getting red card, and probably start only one boot one at a time. Unusual for soon as to do that, huh? Aye, uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't actually one he's, he's worth tackling to be fair, but he got his, his first red card. Um, it wasn't his first actually, but he got a red card that day. But Celtic are actually pretty convincing that day. They seemed to, as you say, they, had, they got a bit of momentum going. And they started a wee bit of, maybe a wee bit of feel-good factor about them. Um, they were playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, Walker was scoring goals every week or two. Um, but as you say, McAvenny didn't come into October and Mullet in November. And they added to it the quality they already had. Because obviously, Europe didn't start off well. They, they won the first leg with Dortmund, the second leg it beat, so obviously it was free to an aggregate. Was, did the fans really care about Europe that season, do you think? Or was it just like this season coming for Celtic to come for 10 in a row? The fans are like, it's a bonus of a day with Europe. Was it that, the type of pressure back then? I don't know. I think, I think because Celtic had won the European Cup in 67, they always wanted to try and do something in Europe. Obviously, in the league, the league's are bleeding butter, and especially that centenary year. But um, it was strange because Murdoch McLeod was at Celtic for nine seasons, and he left that summer to go to Dortmund. And believe it or not, he came back with Dortmund. He parked in the I think the first round, knocked out in the first round. Um, Murdoch got an absolute hero's welcome by the fans because he was an, an absolute favourite. Um, he was a fantastic Celtic player. And unfortunately, I was Celtic a year. It maybe helped him in a long run. I was run. going to say that, do you think? Maybe helped him. Do you think this season, obviously, what's happening with the, the pandemic in the moment, there will be a lot of backlog of games if Celtic get into cup competitions, European games. Do you think if Celtic actually get out, it could actually help them instead of hinder them? Uh, in a way, if, because there'll be, there'll be spaces in between the weeks to get fresher, train maybe better than you would be having two or three games every week. Aye, well that season it was, it was actually 44 league games that season. That's quite a lot, isn't it? That's a lot, and if, if, you're, if you progress in Europe and your two cups, the League Cup and the Scottish, it's a long season. And um, Celtic didn't actually have a big squad that season. They predominantly only used 16 players or so. Um, a couple of squad players and whatever, but Predominantly the same boys week in, week out. But do you think that was maybe one reason why the team was so, like, they fought for each other? Because it was the same group of guys, kind of circle squad every week. So now you get, but football's changed now, you get different teams every week and they don't get a lot of fluency in their play. But if it was the same squad, they kind of knew how each other played and all that kind of all came together. Aye, um, throughout that season, the team had never said I attitude and scored many goals at the death to either maybe snatch a draw or a victory. They'd some right tight games and all, even at home against St Mirren's, Falkirk, Thistles, whatever, one nothings. But they, they managed to fucking drag themselves out of the line quite a lot of times. And especially the big games against like Aberdeen and Hearts and whatever. And Rangers, as you say. Um, they were unbeaten against Rangers that season. The one free and drew one. And considering the amount of dough Rangers had spent a couple of seasons before, but I meant to say, see when Celtic lost it, 
eight good players in the summer and they brought in the new signings they actually recouped quite a lot of money and they they actually only out Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look, 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection, now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. Way was about not even about one and a half million, so they didn't actually spend a great deal of money. Money brought into the club, it was spent wisely. It's not a football now, they just spend money up. But do you think back then they had to be careful what they were spending because they didn't have the riches they've got now, or was it they did have money in a way but just did they want to spend it? They were always the biscuit, biscuit tin mentality, weren't it? I don't know if they had money or no. It costs a lot of money to run a football team, but the players didn't. I don't think the players earned great money, to be fair. McAvenny probably came up the road for half, half what he was earning doing south, maybe. Just, I don't know. Probably just to play with Chelsea again. Aye. Mm. Oh, right. Definitely play with his boyhood heroes. Well, obviously, I'm, I wasn't born there, but was most of the players Celtic fans or grew up running about Celtic? Aye, well... As you say, half of that squad actually came through the boys' club in the reserves. So you're not going to get that now. But that was some achievement at that time. It really was. Um, same again, they didn't cost any money. That's free. And, and they, 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 they probably were really poor contract, considering they were a club of stature of Celtic. Because also that season as well, you are talking about late goals and scoring goals, Andy Walker. I think he was at 26, 28 goals ago that season. Um, he scored a lot of goals. Um, having, obviously, there was Mark McGee and guys like Mark Evenny, they were all there. Do you think them scoring goals, it wasn't just about defending? They actually, they did actually do their job up front. Aye, they, they, they were kind of swashbuckling team. Um, they were, it was really forward thinking. All they just wanted to do was attack. Um See Chris Morris, we didn't know anything about, but he ended up just a flying fullback. Maybe not the greatest defensively, but he probably didn't have to do a great deal. Then the other side of the part was Anton Rogan, who always seemed to be in a fucking hurry, man. <laughs> he just wanted to fucking everything was a hundred mile an hour, man. We couldn't <laughs> fucking sit still for a minute. Um, was he like the Oliver Buck of this type? Of? No, 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 totally different, totally different. <laughs> Just any of the pace all of a buck. All of a buck just gets in the ball and just runs, man. Just yeah. runs like a wee Trojan. But he was a he was a Northern Ireland international, so he must have something about So it. obviously you've you've seen a lot of games of that season and throughout. Who who was your kinda who would you say was the main men and your best games that kinda stood out for you that turned that turned the tide but cemented them as like this is gonna be our season? He'd a core group of boys that came through the ranks. Roy Aitken, Warrior, centre half, centre midfield. Roaring the team on, man, uh, he'd a great attitude. But was he like the Scott Brown in this era? Kind of, you could kind of ber- type of version? You could see that. Feed the bear. When he got the ball at centre half and he started sliding out, we had to get a bit of pace up. 
you used to shout feed the bear man and you used to run 40, <laughs> 50 yards with a ball he's a big strong boy and um, he came through the ranks along with Tommy Burns obviously um, Peter Grant Paul McStay Joe Miller was the Celtic was a boy and all I think did code it did a core a Celtic diehards if you know what I mean they grew up Celtic fans and whatever and, and came through the Celtic way so obviously Paul McStay as you mentioned in one of the other podcasts that as you say he was world class do you think that again he maybe that season he did get help that season because they were all fighting aye, for the same cause aye um, I, think, I think Paul McStay played every week game 44 week games that season that's a great achievement especially the Southern back then as well I used to get kicked and players got away with murder because that's how obviously football has changed now you've got all these sports scientists and nutritionists back then they didn't have that and they have I guarantee they were probably every weekend some of them still I definitely to do that and play 44 games at that level still that's it just shows you how good the guys actually were Um, Chris Morris played every week game as well uh, Roy Aitken on this one the rest were all real, had really good numbers as well um, I think if you if you get injured or suspended you're out of the team I think you'd a job to get back in it as well because the team the team actually went unbeaten from October in April which was absolutely unbelievable because um, Hearts were a very good team in fact, Hearts ended up second that season. Rangers, even though they spent a right few quid, ended up third. Um, see, there was a tight, as I said in that last podcast, wasn't there really many easy games that season at all? Even with Falkirks and that, it was hard, hard games. Because obviously, back then it's, not a problem with say, obviously you kind of Scott Brown now, Never the type of guys that you need in your team. I think, if I recall, I think Paul McStay won the players player and what the journalist player of the year or whatever that year. He was absolutely unbelievable. That was probably the highlight of his time with Celtic's career. As I said in that podcast the other day, I thought he'd won five leagues with Celtic. He actually won three. Three leagues, for a, a guy like that, three leagues in 16 years or something. You think a guy like that would have won more than that? He has talent, it's, it's, it's a travesty. Like as much as Stevie G's other side of Rangers, as much as we don't want to be really talking about him, but he should have won to think his career that he didn't win a Premier League. That's, oh, I know, I know. It's that similar type of hang up, like he was just loyal to Celtic and he probably could have went to, as you said, Madrid, Barcelona, and won. Mayor, and probably he did, but obviously still won trophies at Celtic. That's a shame, that one, he didn't win it. Aye, who? Gerard, aye. Aye, that's a shame. I but believe that for another day for the SFA aye. again. Aye. <laughs> um, obviously, in that season as well, um, a lot of good games, tight games, and obviously the Scottish Cup final, they, they won the Scottish Cup, but what was what would you say was the, your, kind of the game you liked? Was it, it was oh, a game oh, at man. Parkhead that played Hearts. I Hearts were 2 nothing up. I'm not too sure if it was 2 nothing or 2-1. And I think McStay scored in fucking 12th minute injury time or something. There was a lot of games at Fergie time that year. And Celtic scored a, a hell of a lot of late goals. 
as I said, to draw or to win the games. It's, as I say, I never said I attitude and it was a right collective amongst the players to to win. They wanted to win. It was, de- it was definitely something today we've been the centenary season, absolutely. Um, as you said, like, a player coming up from down south for that, out the tune, you need to win, you need to win. Pressure, yeah. pressure. It must be a matter of the fans. This is, oh, come on, Mike, this is the centenary season. You need to do this. So there must have been a great deal of pressure, but they probably enjoyed the pressure because, as I said, they went unbeaten for a long, long time. Because obviously with, with this season, Celtic's gone for 10 in a row, so I think obviously Celtic would probably had the chat with Neil Lennon, the board probably come in and say, listen, you need to you, you need to win every game. It's, but obviously the journalists are going to say, how's Celtic's bottle, how's the pressure? But they've won all these titles, so you can't question the no, mentality. No, you can't pressure them so, mentality, no. The players will put pressure on themselves. Um, so, obviously back then, it would have been the same feeling. The players must have went, listen, we can't let the fans do, we can't let ourselves do, we need to win the league. We can't, we can't know when it slip on this season, the, the season. The season off-season, should we say. Aye, but it must have been enjoyable pressure, because... You're fine they for the... McGregor, they've won the league the last few years. And they must enjoy having that pressure. Makes, maybe makes them play better, makes them want to do better. Plus it makes them want to win. They know what it feels like to win and what it's like. Aye, when you win... It's like a drug in it. You just want to keep winning and winning and winning. It's, it's nothing better, even whatever level of football you've played at and been involved in or whatever. You see the feeling of winning leagues and cups? You can't... You can't express to people how good that feels it's an unbelievable high you get it's a natural high you can't eat nothing can beat it it's brilliant and to do that at the highest level it must be something else it's, the night suit must be fucking unbelievable man and obviously we'll back to that Saturday season uh, known as Scottish Cup against United 2-1 um, that game Jack Jack and I just crowned because I'm no, obviously I don't know much about that season because obviously I wasn't there but it's obviously the league was obviously going well I don't know if it was finished by that time Aye, the league was finished um, so just crowned the season off I went listen that's it what a season we crowned it Aye um, I remember the finals it was absolutely scorching that day and, um, It's always warm with Scottish Cup final there isn't it? We'd actually turned a couple of carry before we got to Hamden that day. <laughs> and then Celtic struggled a wee bit in the game. Nothing in it. And then United scored just after half-time. And pressure must have been really on. And up McAvenny turned up trumps and scored with about 15 minutes to go. And then scored in the last kick of the ball, basically, to win the Scottish... Which I think that game just kind of emphasised the full season in that one game. They've done, came back, last minute goals, it's just everything on the one game. That, that, as you said, their attitude was just fight to death and just, we need to win, we need to win, we need to win, we need to fight for the cause, fight for the fans, fight for basically everything. Just Glasgow, basically. Aye. Um, I can't, I can remember the players and, Big Billy getting interviewed after the game and that. <laughs>
ya es la venta de ciberdías de JCPenney en la tienda o jcp.com. Obtén el cupón más grande de la temporada, 35% de descuento extra. Úsalo y ahorra 60% en ropa de cama, artículos para el baño y decoración para ventanas JCPenney Home. Y hasta 60% en selección de pijamas para todos. Y aprovecha entrega tu auto. Es rápido y gratis. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 29 de noviembre al 1 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. It was all emotion. I can't remember if it was that season or the 85 Cup final. Do you think that was because the pressure was away from him? Aye. That was the last game. Anyway, I said, I can't remember if it was the 85 Cup final or that one. Tommy Bond is getting interviewed and this guy says, what about the supporters? And I went, he pointed to them and he went, they're there. And they're always there. He knew the fans, but I backed him that season even more than what they normally did. Um, but that was a great day. That was a fantastic day out, and that's what it was. Because obviously then, when they actually won the league, um, was it, would you say... I'd have won the league about three weeks before it or something. But yeah, obviously the last game of the season um, at home. Was it home the last game? Aye. Aye. Um, Aye. Obviously, you told me yourself, other people have said that it wasn't the crowd says it was and do you think, <laughs> do you think obviously back then people just or yourself a young boy climbed their defences and turnstiles and do you think that that just it, it was just a special day to yourself aye right. see that day I dug into it a wee bit <laughs> believe it or not the official crowd was 62,000 right don't laugh right 62,000 right see between the in the park there was a track it was back in the day they still had a track running about the park and what they'd done there was that big a crowd they got fencing and they put fencing up just before the park so he'd all that running about the park as well that so basically it was a healthy safety it shouldn't have happened people are saying <laughs> say roughly 80,000 people packed into that that's, cr- that's crazy isn't it aye, aye. but it just shows you again that how big the club is, the, how big, it, how how fans love going to watch their team. It's just, fans pay their money to go on a Saturday, Wednesday, whatever it is, they just want to go. Even though they're risking their own life and they're safe, they don't care, because they don't just want to go see Celtic win and Celtic play football. And obviously because then the season they get the trophy, they want to be there. Obviously now they're in the back end, they have camera phones, trying to take photos, look, I was here, but you can have it in your mind. I was there, aye, I seen aye. it. You're, you're probably better having it in your mind anyway, aren't you? Because it's natural. And um, I was a great deal. I was on the wheel. I don't know how the board got away with it for years talking about the crowd, the figures of the crowd, <laughs> honestly. Fucking at least 80,000 people. But it's like the same now. When... So, so they've said there's 20,000 people at, I don't know, say. See, power here, 160 grand or so, that's a lot of money back in for them. But obviously, see now, it's like the same, I can't remember I went to a game against a Rolf a few ago with the Rodgers, I think. There was only about maybe 12,000, and they say like the official price at 25,000. And you can tell there's, there's no 25,000, but they can get away with it because it, whatever the official, it's obviously what they've sold, Aye, and people don't turn up. Because um, obviously, look through what you've told me, and what I've looked into myself, 
there's kind of similarities between the two seasons. The new, obviously, it's no serious, but it's another big season. The pressure of the team then, the team now. They've got a core group of the players that have won the leagues and the Scottish Cups and played in Europe. The other side, Rangers, back then, they didn't have the same team for years and whatever else. They weren't, the English guys weren't even come in. They're no Rangers fans. It, ah, it, takes a, it takes a while to get it. They've got money. That's probably the reason they came up. Um, but back, back to the new, you've got guys like McGregor, Brown, Ayers been there for a while now. You've got Edouard's been there through it. You've got guys who have been there together. It's kind of similarities to the two seasons where they're fighting. Everybody's ah, close together. that squad. Aye, definitely. Um, I just think that obviously bodes well for the season ahead. Obviously, journalists and f- fans for opposite teams, they're all going to say they can they can't handle this and that, but Celtic, the start of the season, they always start half slow. Obviously, that season, they started quick. Aye. So, it's it's just going to hang the pressure. I don't think the pressure will get to the players because I think they've been used to it. But I just like the fact how it's kind of a bit of comparison between the two seasons, how Players, I felt the pressure, the fans feel the pressure, and again, that's how I just think that whoever you sign, they've got to get a grip it quick. They can't have five and six weeks where they need to train and get fit, they've got to play. Oh, you're talking about comparing seasons when after Celtic had won the league that year, they went back to fucking what they normally do and didn't spend any money, and ended up third in the league the next year. And you've got to worry a wee bit for this year, as in signing wise. Celtic's at the top, <coughs> and that's people say that's when, that's when you improve your squad and sign boys. No, boys, boys take them, boys take them into the start and eleven as well, make it not just the team, the squad stronger. But back in the season after the centenary, as I say, they didn't spend any money. And Rangers ended up winning nine in a row through after that. And I just hope that they have got a couple more signings to come to bolster what they've got. Because you can, don't, don't remember, well, remember, you can still lose players. You've still mm, got another October. six, seven weeks, whatever, to, to get players. Because obviously, they've only obviously signed the new say it's a loan fee, but again, that, that will have some sort of fee in it. But they've signed. Supposedly five million pound on two players, five and five. So, if that was your windy, the fans can't say they've most spent money because ten million pounds really is a lot of money. But you can't just send a goal away and a strike and go right at you because you've already got two strikers sitting there. You've got youth guys. You, you need to sign. You need to spend money on where you need to be. But Sarah, as you says, dilly dally. Norwell's no daft, he's not going to spend stupid money on stupid players, it's not going to benefit the club. Celtics, I don't know what it was like back then, obviously it was youths and reserves that came through and obviously they sold them on. It's kind of like the way they're doing it now, the same guys are maybe 22, like Edward was like 19, 20. Guys like Mickey Johnson came through, and Dembele, and they're all young, and they've signed this guy as a jetty. He's only 23, 24, I think. Is so, a lot of players now that's on long contracts? Just maybe get another three, four seasons to go as well. It only buys well, so if the day go then you get a few quid, but I, I just hope Edward doesn't go. 
I really fear if they sign the guy Tony. I really fear for Edward. I really do. See, because obviously a lot of talk on him is kind of cooled a bit. Um, but for me, I just, even, I, I would rather no spend £6 million a League One striker. I would, I would actually sell Edward first and then look to see where he could spend the money. I would, there's a lot better stickers than the guy for Peterborough. Advice you do business, they'll probably sell Edward in the last day. Aye. But I just, I, I, I think if that did happen, I, I, I don't think the fans would, I don't, I don't think the fans would, would have it. I don't think they would, they would go back. I think, they would, I think that's the sort of Celtic, that's the way the fans will, they'll, they'll retaliate in some sort of way. Either they'll go by strips or they'll go by something. I just don't think the fans would take selling your, basically the guy who could win you, your league. I don't think the fans would, I don't think they would react well, because I don't have it myself, personally. The thing is, it's not just a normal week. Ah, yes. That's it's a, a ten aye. in a row, it's something that's never been done before. It'd be criminal if they'd sell them, but as I said, just good players move on. And if he can move on to a higher level, which no doubt he will, he absolutely will, I just I wish him all the best when he goes, but you want them here for one more season. And I just enjoyed that, John. That was isn't quite interesting. Um, hope everybody else likes it. And we'll be back again next week on another podcast on the Celtic and Forever podcast. Thanks, John. Cheers. Enjoyed that. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.